All right, welcome America to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where there's always news going on. But today, we're going to do something special. We're going to break a story on the podcast first, and then you're going to get to go to justthenews.com and read it, touch the documents, consume it. You're going to love this. Here's a new development on the Ukraine, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden story. You may be sick of it, but you know what? I'm determined to get the truth out until every last drip of truth is out there. And here's why. A year ago, when the impeachment proceedings started, my reporting, the whole story about Ukraine, Burisma, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, it was mocked as a conspiracy theory, a tinfoil hat uh, dream, a uh, debunked story. And guess what? It's anything but debunked. It was always true. And it's actually worse than we thought when we first reported it. We've got brand new documents, one by Just the News and a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit. Thanks to our good friends who are helping us at the Southeastern Legal Foundation. That's a public interest law firm that has joined us in this epic Freedom of Information Act battle that we've had against the State Department. They have tried to hide this story for a year to protect their bureaucrats, their ambassadors, others who gave testimony last year in the Ukraine impeachment scandal that this year does not look to be true. We're going to tell you what those new documents are, what they show right after we come back from the commercial break. And even better than that, even better than that little scoop we've got, we've got two guests for the first time in the history of our show simultaneously on the air. David Bossie and Corey Lewandowski, you've seen them on TV. You've seen them alongside the president's side. They are President Trump's close, close advisors on the campaign, on policy, on all things Washington and politics. They're joining us. They have a brand new book out, Trump, America First. You're going to want to hear about that and why they wrote it. They've got some amazing personal anecdotes of what it's like to be fighting alongside President Trump against all that incoming fire. So uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the election, about ballot fraud, about scandal, about Joe Biden and the debates. We're going to get to all of that. First, though, the most important thing we got to start this show with, a shout out to our great sponsors and advertisers. We're going to go to this quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to have Corey Lewandowski and Dave Bossy for a whole half hour. We're going to learn a lot about the election. We're going to make them make some predictions. Let's see what they say. And also, a brand new scoop that's going to unfold tonight on justthenews.com. New Freedom of Information Act documents, one under a lawsuit, under duress from the State Department. A new bombshell, a new revelation. I got a hint. In the last 21 days of the Obama administration, they were worried again about Hunter Biden and Burisma, a whole new reason why. All right, we'll get to that in a few seconds. First, a message from our great advertisers and sponsors. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS. They know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. In a few minutes, we have Corey Lewandowski and Dave Bossy joining us, two of the president's most trusted advisors on the outside. They were on the inside as well. They've worked for the campaigns. They've worked for um, inside the White House. They've worked outside the White House. But when, when the president needs advice, these are two guys that are on speed dial on the president's phone, I'm certain. They've got a new book out. We're going to talk to them about why they wrote Trump America First. The president succeeds against all odds. It's a really great insider account. If you want to know what it's really like to be alongside the president in this incredible tempestuous storm of the last four years, these guys were there and they're going to give you a lot of inside anecdotes. We're going to ask them for their predictions on the election, on voter fraud, on Hunter Biden in the next debates. A lot to talk about uh, in a few minutes with Corey Lewandowski and Dave Bossie. But first, 
I have brand new documents hot off of the court presses delivered to us in the last 24 hours from the State Department under duress of lawsuit. Uh, first, I want to shout out some great people. Todd Young and Kimberly Herman at the Southeastern Legal Foundation have been long along my side for every step of this lawsuit. The State Department did not want us to get the truth on the state uh, on Burisma, Hunter Biden in Ukraine. How do I know that? Six months ago, they told us there were no more documents to produce under a lawsuit. That was, well, uh, baloney. Um, why do I know that? Because we just got about the next 38 or 40 pages out of 600 we've gotten since they claimed there were no more documents to get. What do these documents show? It's very important. Uh, and let's set the table. A year ago this month during impeachment, Democrats said it was a conspiracy theory to think that anything went wrong with Burisma and Hunter Biden during the time Joe Biden uh, was vice president. It's a conspiracy theory. It was debunked, they said. Joe Biden used those words just the other day, uh, saying it had been discredited or disproven or whatever. Um, here's what we've known since the impeachment scandal. State Department officials believe that Joe Biden created a conflict of interest by continuing to preside over U.S.-Ukraine policy and specifically the anti-corruption fight in Ukraine while his son served on a company called Burisma Holdings, a Ukrainian natural gas firm, that was under corruption investigation by the very prosecutors Joe Biden and President Obama were supporting. That's the first thing that came up. Then we learned that the State Department canceled business with Burisma. They had, after Hunter Biden joined the board, they managed to get involved in a clean energy program. And George Kent, remember the guy with the bow tie during the State Department guy through the bow tie that uh, testified during the impeachment proceedings. He personally canceled that arrangement because he thought it was inappropriate, inappropriate for the State Department to be in business with a company with such a corruption track record as um, uh, Burisma. That was the second thing we heard. Then my lawsuit unfolded new documents showing that the State Department was under constant pressure by Burisma's American representatives, those working with Hunter Biden and others on the board, to try to make these corruption allegations go away. And Hunter Biden's name was being invoked, hence the appearance of the conflict of interest. They wanted the State Department to pressure the Ukrainian prosecutors to drop the corruption allegations. It's a lot more complicated. It isn't a conspiracy theory. Why? Because these were the Obama State Department's own documents. These are Obama people writing these allegations, writing these observations, documenting the wrongdoing, the conflicts of interest. Then just two weeks ago, uh, the biggest bombshell to date, um, George Kent obtained documents. We obtained them. We wrote about them. He's a State Department official in February of 2015, about a year, 10 months after, nine months after Hunter Biden joined the board, George Kent reported to the Justice Department, which then reported to the FBI, that, you're right, while Hunter Biden was on the board, Burisma Holdings paid a $7 million bribe to Ukrainian prosecutors, who then very quickly dropped one of the corruption investigations against Burisma, Hunter Biden's company. Remember, Hunter Biden was paid 3 to $4 million dollars he and his business partner, Devin Archer, to serve on the board to serve as consultants. While they're on their watch, when they had a fiduciary responsibility to make sure this Ukrainian gas company was abiding by the law, uh, a $7 million bribe was paid to Ukrainian prosecutors who then dropped one of the um, two existing corruption investigations against the company. And, and um, George Kent wrote in the memos that we obtained, uh, that Senator Ron Johnson obtained, Senator Grassley obtained, that this whole episode undercut a two-year, $2 million investigation by the FBI to expose Burisma and its founder, Mikola Zolchevsky, for wrongdoing, seize his assets as a penalty, take his money from him, and it undercut this whole thing, this bribe. So now we now know there's a bribe uh, that was paid, allegedly, at least according to the State Department, and again, not the Trump State Department, the Obama-Biden State Department, a bribe was paid. Now we're going to learn a second thing. Less than 25 days before President Obama left office. Remember, the first bribe is in 2015, so midway through the second term, about a year, nine months after Hunter Biden joined the Burisma board. Now we're rounding up. Donald Trump's already won the presidency. He's about to come board. We know that Burisma was scrambling to get rid of these corruption investigations in Ukraine because they didn't want them to carry into the Trump administration. 
I have an email produced to us under FOIA in the last 24 hours from Marie Ivanovich, then the ambassador in Ukraine at the end of the Obama administration. And she reports um, um, that there are new allegations. I'm going to read you. There are, this is Marie Ivanovich's own words. There are accusations that Burisma allegedly had a subsidiary dump natural gas as a way to pay bribes. Mentions that Hunter Biden and former Polish President Kwasniewski are on the Burisma board. She's forwarding to her immediate boss in the State Department in Washington, Victoria Newland, that there is a concern that uh, the Burisma dumped some cheap natural gas, allowed the Petroporoshenko Ukraine administration, the prosecutors who just settled the case, the second case against Burisma, that they may have dumped gas, allowed the Ukrainian politicians to buy it cheap, sell it high, and make big profit as a bribe. And she escalates this to the top of the uh, State Department. Victoria Nuland is Assistant Secretary of State for Ukraine and Russia Policy. It's December 29, 2016. Obama's leaving in 22 days. Trump's taking over in 22 days. Our ambassador is reporting a second bribe is believed, is alleged to have occurred. Now, once she reports it, it's based on a Ukrainian lawmaker's claim, a Russian-connected Ukrainian lawmaker's claim. Everybody takes it with a grain of salt at the first reporting of it. A few hours later, there's another email saying lots of accusations, innuendo, but repeats again, we think this was a way to pay bribes to the P2 inner circle. P2 stands for Petro Poroshenko, the then um, president of Ukraine, a close ally of Joe Biden. Now, a couple more hours pass, and then the embassy career people report back to the ambassador. The dumping part is true. It's a direct quote. The dumping part is true. Also, a Ukrainian official was photographed meeting with Zolchevsky, that's the owner of Burisma, in Vienna, in a, in a Vienna restaurant over the weekend, and Zolchevsky may have handed over a suitcase. You can't make this stuff up. This is the deputy economic counselor inside the U.S. Embassy in Kiev reporting to Yovanovitch that that concern that she had just raised with senior State Department officials about a bribe facilitated through the dumping of Ukrainian gas is true. That's his word, is true. Not, not a Republican, not me saying it. These are State Department career officials reporting up in the final 22 days of the Obama administration that Hunter Biden's company, Burisma, the one that made him rich to the tune of $3, 4000000 million, may have paid yet a second bribe to settle the case. Now, what happens a few days later? Ukrainian prosecutors announce that they have dropped the second corruption investigation in return for payment of a fine. And a firestorm breaks out in Ukraine. We're oblivious in America. We don't learn about this for two more years. The idea that twice on Hunter Biden's tenure on the board of Burisma, that the U.S. State Department run by Barack Obama and Joe Biden believed that corrupt bribes had been paid to Ukrainian politicians and prosecutors to make a corruption investigation go away. You now understand why State Department officials like George Kent claimed that there was a conflict of interest, why Joe Biden created such an uncomfortable thing. This was a judgment issue. Our vice president chose to stay over Ukrainian policy while his son, specifically anti-corruption policy, while his son was the his son's company, his employer, Burisma, while he was a board member with a fiduciary, fiduciary responsibility, they were being investigated for corruption and bribes and deals and all of the cesspool that is Ukrainian politics and corruption surrounded Hunter Biden. He got rich off it. Now you know why State Department officials were worried. Now you know why I wrote these stories originally for The Hill and why I continue to keep reporting because the truth has not come out. Now I'm going to mention one other thing. Marie Ivanovich testified during the impeachment proceedings and when asked about what she knew about Burisma, how much it was on her radar, she said it really wasn't. I think I had a briefing about it when I was going in to be confirmed as the ambassador in the summer 16. And then I might've read a few news stories about it, but it really wasn't on my radar. We now know it was on a radar so much so that Maria Ivanovich is writing her bosses in the last 22 days of the Obama administration saying there could be a problem here. And it's important to note when Maria Ivanovich writes Victoria Newland at the state department in Washington, she calls out that Hunter Biden and a former Polish president are on the board it was on her mind. And that's not the only reason. A few weeks before this email, 
Because of earlier work I did, we know she met with Burisma representatives to discuss the corruption allegations. She was uh, uh, sent a letter earlier in September of 2016 by Burisma's lawyer, American lawyer, John Beretta, pressuring her to drop off this narrative. Stop calling Burisma corrupt. Now, to their credit, State Department never backed off, but on their watch, before their eyes, the U.S. State Department run by Barack Obama, Joe Biden, allowed the Ukrainian company Burisma to settle this case. And apparently, even though they had fears that Burisma had paid not one, but two bribes, one seven million cash, the second, the dumping of Ukrainian cheap natural gas on the market. This is a major story. The media will not cover it, but we will adjust the news. It's important. It's revelatory. Joe Biden showed bad judgment, according to the State Department officials that worked for him. We need the American public to understand that before they make a decision. They can choose who they want, but they can't accept any longer the idea that these stories are debunked, discredited, disproven, not true, fantasy, conspiracy theories. They are not. They are cold, hard facts. How do you know? In an hour or two, you can go to justthenews.com. You can go to this story. You can click on the documents. You can read them yourself. This is the truth. It is cold, hard facts. Will the American media cover it? I don't know, but we will adjust the news. We'll keep giving you every revelation we can give on this story because it's an important political ethics, American accountability story. All right, folks, when we come back, Corey Lewandowski, Dave Bossy, join us. The first ever two-person simultaneous interview on John Solomon Reports. You're not going to want to miss it. These two guys know Trump. They have their own predictions on the debates and the outcome of the election and on voter fraud. You're going to want to hear everything they have to say. But first, a great word from our advertiser sponsors, those people who support this show and justthenews.com. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite. You and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, for the first time, making history on John Solomon Reports podcast. I have two guests simultaneously, and we saved it for the big guns. If we're going to do this, you got to go big. Two of President Trump's (laughs) most trusted advisors, two great authors, two great patriot Americans, Dave Bossy and Corey Lewandowski join us. They've got a new book out, Trump America First, and I love the subtitle, The President Succeeds Against All Odds. I think that's a a theme we're hearing more and more these days. Corey, Dave, welcome to the show. Thank you, John. Great to be with you. Thanks for having us. Congratulations on the book. So what inspired the book? I mean, you guys are only doing like 120 jobs a day. Where do you find the time and what inspired it? Well, I find the time, John. I don't know about Corey. He's John, kind of busy doing John, Dave thing. has nothing but time, John. <laughs> See, I knew so, it. The dirty secret yeah, is so, out. Yeah, yeah. So, so look, the, the title of the book is what really inspired us. Trump America First. It really is the how President Trump makes his decisions. Every single day he's waking up, fighting for the American people. And what he does is he says, how do I, in every decision I make, Make sure that the American worker, the American soldier is put first, whether it's at the VA or in our military, whether it's trying to create jobs, reinvigorating our our manufacturing base, 
whatever the decision is for the day, whatever fight he's in for the day, it's always about putting America first. So Trump America first is really our motivation. And then we talk about him just going up against all of his enemies, whether it's the fake Russia collusion uh, you know, investigation, the, the, the horrendous Ukraine and impeachment, just terrible. The mainstream media that's been against him for five years now, you name it, we talk about it in the book and we talk about all his successes as well. You know what I love about it, and Corey, it really struck me. One of the things that we forget sometimes, because we see you on TV, you're out worrying all day, but you have this extraordinary insider access. And I think what this book does so well is it takes people and puts them in the front seat of a car driving through history, the anecdotes, the firsthand accounts, how it really happens, not the way TV and news media claim it happens. Um, some great anecdotes. Do you have a favorite, Corey, that kind of ties the book together? One anecdote that shows just how President Trump has done what he's done under these circumstances? Well, you know, John, it, for me, it's personal because we all fight in our own ways for this president. And right. and I write the story in this book of my time in front of Congress and specifically in front of Jerry Nadler right. and what that was like. And, you know, the hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal bills that I had to endure because of this fake Russia collusion narrative, which we now know because of the work that you and others have done. The whole thing was a hoax from the beginning. It was. So, look, you know. I lived it firsthand. I had to sit there in front of Congress and testify uh, for hours on end, six different times in front of Congress or Mueller. And you know what? It was a huge toll on me and my family. But we put it in the book because we want to show that Donald Trump is not fighting alone. And Dave and I fight for this president every way we can, whether it's in front of Congress, on TV, out in the you know, out in uh, the ether, wherever it is. So look, for me, this book was an opportunity to bring the reader in to see some of those private conversations we've had with the president, to talk about our own personal stories a little bit of the trials and tribulations that we've had over the course of the first term of this administration. Because John, you know this, there are people out there who want me and Bossy dead. They don't want us anywhere near this president because when we have the philosophy, let Trump be Trump, there are many others who say, no, no, Donald yeah. Trump must be presidential. Stop giving him that advice. But we're two guys who are just grinding it. And those personal stories are in here. You know, it's funny when when Trump first staffed up at the beginning of the presidency, they they, they there was such a miscalculation because you have a, an iconic um, uh, disruptor and they tried to surround him with the establishment people that he came to Washington to crush. And it took some time, I think, for Team Trump to take the sort of shape that you guys knew it always needed to take, which is you don't surround a disruptor with with people afraid to break the system. And now I think for the first time as he comes out of the back end of his first term and, and tries to win a second term, there's more and more disruptors and fewer and fewer traditionalist, Washington traditionalists. Do you think that that transition has helped uh, the Trump be Trump phenomenon, but also just to make the uh, administration more efficient? Well, I think the president has done an amazing job in learning. Look, the, before January 20th, uh, 2017, the president had never slept in Washington, D.C. He had never been here. He didn't have a big machine to take with him. He wasn't a governor or a senator right. uh, that had some big monster organization to drop into the White House. So he had to count on people. People like Paul Ryan, who failed him at every turn, gave him bad advice, was not on the Trump agenda, and really created partially uh, the reason that there were so many stops and starts, especially like on health care. Uh, you know, and, and the ACA and all of those things, the reason that President Trump has to fight today and have to be in a debate with sleepy Joe Biden de defending his 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 record on health care is partly because of Paul Ryan. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, it's it's his own people that did it to him. And so this president has succeeded against all odds. That's the subtitle of the book, because he's had to fight even his own party sometimes. But he's getting them all to come along. As you said, there's fewer and fewer of them. And when he wins re-election, and he is going to win re-election, uh, when he wins re-election, uh, I think you're going to see even more of those never-Trumpers disappear off the off the radar. It uh, It is amazing the solidarity that the Republican establishment now has behind this president. You know, you see people out there um, that, you know, were establishment Republicans that were probably on the sidelines in 2016. But this party is all in on President Trump now. And I think that is a really a remarkable sort of exclamation point to the first term because it didn't start that way. And many times it seemed like the president had to wear his breastplate backward because a lot of the fire was coming from behind the lines and not not from the enemy. And he plenty had plenty of fire from the enemy. 
what do you well, think? If I, if I sure. could, John, just for one second on that point, yeah. and I just uh, not to harp on Paul Ryan some more, but I love to harp on Paul Ryan. I noticed, is, yes. Is that in 2016, in the first uh, debate against Hillary Clinton at Hofstra University, everybody said in the days following, the sky is falling. Yeah. Trump, the, the, That's Donald right. Trump did horribly. His style is terrible. Paul Ryan was on audio tape telling members right. of he the was. Republican C Congressional Conference, you're on your own. Disavow him. Don't do any. You know, save yourselves. OK, that's what we were dealing with. Yep. And we're dealing with the same smart people today that watch the debate performance and want to criticize his style. He won on the content. He won on the policies uh, that debate. And he's going to win it again in the second debate. And by the way, the presidential debate commission, which messed with his microphone in the first debate in 2016, is now talking about managing his uh, microphone again. I mean, in the second debate. And by the way, the presidential debate commission has a person moderating the second debate that interned for Joe Biden. Isn't that amazing? Steve, Steve Scully interned for Joe Biden and yeah. Ted Kennedy. How is that even remotely possible well because the media is mostly filled with people who clearly lean that way i mean i think that's what we're beginning to learn i never believed that when i grew up because i grew up in a different era of the ap the associated press but we were told not to have an opinion when you walked across that door and we came into the newsroom every day and we didn't but today people wear it on their sleeve now, i don't really I, you know i've watched steve scully i think he tries to be neutral we'll see what happens but um but it's a it's a remarkable moment that we see these connections every day the the, and most of the attacks that you talk about in the book, all of that incoming fire, the media was, uh, if not an aider and a better in the conspiracy, sometimes they were the leader of the conspiracy. And um, there's not been that reckoning. When you look back now at all the false stories, Russia collusion, Ukraine, uh, you can take Russian bounties recently. I mean, there's so many, all the ones that Biden were trying to bring up in the, in the debate. Um, the media has been a, a third rail of attack on this president. You always expect the Democrats. Now, they've come up with new tricks. You you sometimes expect the permanent bureaucracy because we've seen that all the way going back to Reagan. But the media is like the, the third line of the army. And, and how have you guys dealt with that over the last four years? Well, John, let me say this. You know, even if you look at a press conference, uh, you look at the debate just the other night. You know, Chris Wallace wanted Donald Trump to say something. He was he was goading him into saying something, but Chris Wallace never once fact-checked Joe Biden yeah. when it was proven that Joe Biden's son, Hunter, took $3.5 million it's from the former doubt. mayor's wife, Hunter. Uh, guess what? They, he says it's not true, and Chris Wallace just let it go, right? Yeah. There was no fact-check whatsoever. And so, look, here's the thing. Dave and I are two guys who have probably lost a lot of friends, candidly, because of our support of the president. I've lost family members, and I don't mean physically lost them. I right. know where they are. We just don't speak anymore. <laughs> wow. Right? And, and, and that's okay with me, John, because what I'm trying to do and what Dave is trying to do is we each got four kids. We're trying to leave this country better than it was left to us. And our point. only hope, our only opportunity to do that is to make sure that Donald Trump is reelected to serve four more years. And that means we're fighting in the media. Look, CNN will not have me on anymore because it's a hostile work environment when I go there, right? They, I call them out for their lies. <laughs> and I'm okay with that, John. Yeah. When they say something to me on TV and I said, you're lying and you're not even a journalist, you're just a pundit, they won't have me on anymore. Right. But that's okay because I can sleep at night and I know that I'm doing this for my children. It's, uh, it's extraordinary. There was a time when you could turn on CNN and Republicans and Democrats generally got treated fairly. You get to have your say. Um, and the, the person leading the conversation behind the mic, the anchor, the host, uh, would at least let you speak. But that era is gone. I mean, the, the media picks winners and losers in ways that I, I, I couldn't imagine when I got into the profession in the early 80s. It's, it's disheartening. But you guys have, have been for a long time calling out the media. You saw this trend coming. Is there any way to fix this? I mean, I, I, I go home at night and I'm sometimes depressed because I don't see the profession I got into existing anymore. Do you... Do you just build around it? Do you create new things like what I've done at Just the News? Or is there a way in a second Trump administration somewhere that this yes. can turn the tide? Yeah, that that's the answer. Uh, 34 days from now, Donald Trump wins re-election. And it is going to be, a, you talk about a new world order. Uh, yeah, the, I think you're going to see uh, the left it, it just implode. They will not be able to contain themselves. Uh, you know, look, 
we all knew in 2016, Hillary said, Donald Trump's not going to accept the results of the election. She's up to her old tricks today. Right. But the problem is Hillary Clinton's the one in 2016 still has not accepted the results of the election today. <laughs> Good and point. so we'll see. She's the one telling Joe Biden not to accept the results of the election. This yeah. is outrageous. And we look in this country. We've had close contests before. We've had tough, tough elections over the years. We've had very contentious elections. One thing we've never had is uh, any is the American people uh, questioning the integrity of the vote. And that's the problem where we are today. The Democrats are changing the rules as we are going, as we are voting. That is that's a major issue. We're in court. The Republicans, the RNC, the Trump campaign, they're in court all over the country they trying are. to stop these massive ballots. We're seeing ballots with Trump's name on them in rivers, in ravines, in trash cans, in dumpsters at a being dumped in apartment building, uh, um, you know, parking lots. We see people reporting every single day somewhere around the country. I got two ballots with my name on it. I got ballots for people who haven't lived here in five or 10 years. Yeah, this is this is changing the rules in midstream. So Joe Biden can win. This is changing the rules um, on the American people and, and really endangering the integrity of our vote. And once we do that, I don't see how we put the toothpaste back in the tube. This is a very dangerous, slippery slope. They hate this president more than they love the country. They're willing to do or say anything to defeat him. It's scary to hear those words, and yet uh, the evidence crops up more and more every day. I want to ask you, what, given all that you just said, given that there, there could be some instances of voter uh, fraud and uh, serious systematic fraud, we're seeing lots of episodic fraud almost every day. Uh, we've had a story on our side, I think it has like 40, 50 prosecutions in the last year of serious stuff, and then new ones cropping up every day. Given that, given the polls showing Donald Trump down, what makes you so confident that he's going to pull this off? Well, John, look, big game players rise to the occasion, and Donald Trump is the biggest of big game players ever. This guy is a closer. Right. And you look at where we were four years ago at this time, every media outlet basically in uh, every major media outlet had written Donald Trump off as he can't win, all the way right up until almost November 6th. They were still publishing stories that said Hillary Clinton was going to win 352 electoral votes. Fast forward to where we are today. We've got a record of accomplishment, which is unparalleled in the first term administration. We've got the American people who know Donald Trump. And we are better from a polling perspective in states like Minnesota, New Hampshire, and Arizona, three states we lost last cycle. Right. Than Not Arizona, we, Nevada. We are, we are better today. And, and John, my prediction is going to be that Donald Trump wins by a larger electoral college margin than he did in 2016 and he won so big in 16 nobody talks about this yeah that he could have lost the state of florida and still been elected still won. and florida yeah. is you know the greatest of all swing states donald trump could have lost it and he still would have won that's coming again yeah i'm starting to see some unusual movement in the polls I and mean, you know what we watch these things closely and the, the truth of the matter is the first rule of the Trump era is any rule you had about polling in the past. You have to question it now because we keep seeing these shifting tectonic plates, these new alliances. Donald Trump has built a new Republican Party. Uh, I want to ask you about some constituencies and what you think you will see there. Um, it seems like, particularly in Florida, but maybe even more more broadly across the nation, Hispanic uh, voters are moving closer to Donald Trump. We saw that incredible poll out of Telemundo after the debate. Um, where do you think the Hispanic vote's going to break this year? What, what sort of separation do you see coming? Yeah, I think the president is, uh, John, it's a great question, both in the African-American community and yeah. in the Hispanic community. I think you're going to see the president uh, garner more votes than he did in 2016. Uh, if you look at uh, the issues of Venezuela, of Puerto Rico, right, of, of Mexico, of, right. of, of legal immigration with Mexico, of renegotiating the bad trade deal, right. uh, you know, of NAFTA. You're seeing those folks who are impacted by those good decisions and, and new policies by the president saying, this is what I want. And by the way, the His Hispanics and African-American communities in this country aren't interested in Antifa burning down their businesses, their businesses yeah. and their stores. And, 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 they certainly want their children in schools. Uh, and, and so there's a lot of moving parts. But if you look at this president's experience, you look at this president's uh, record, 
uh, on the African-American community, you're dealing with, uh, you know, with with a guy who has fully funded the historically black colleges and universities, put opportunity zones in places that people said would never would never happen. He has he has done criminal justice reform and used the pardon, his pardon power to let people out of prison. He his record compared to the racist that is Joe Biden. Joe Biden hung out with uh, John, the voice of the white South Eastland. He he gave the eulogy just 10 years ago. Just 10 years ago, he gave the eulogy at Senator Byrd, right. former Majority Leader Bob Byrd's uh, funeral in, in West Virginia. This is, this is somebody who— You mean the exalted leader? Well, he's the exalted cyclops, if we really want to get into it. But that's what he is. He's a KKK leader. He recruited hundreds of people into the Ku Klux Klan. And that's who that's who Joe Biden is. Joe Biden, in uh, his record of the 94 crime bill, where he put— People put enormous uh, percentages of African-Americans in prison. He called them super predators. OK, this guy is uh, hung out with the segregationist senators. It's one of the reasons, one of the issues that Kamala Harris attacked Joe Biden with during the debates was that you can do business, Joe Biden, with a lot of people. But there's a line to be drawn and you can't do business with people like Byrd and Talmadge and Eastland. And that's what she was talking about when she was attacking his uh, busing issues uh, during the during the during the primary debates. And I got to tell you, that's not going anywhere. This president's going to get more than eight percent, which is what he got in 16 of the African-American vote. And I can tell you that's going to potentially be the difference maker in this election. Do you have a prediction? Is it nine, 10, 11? Where, where are you going? Because 11 10, would be tectonic. To yeah, 10, this thing's over. If we get to 10. Right. Uh, this thing's over. Yeah, that's I, a huge I don't shift. believe if we get 10. That, that, that Joe Biden will have will be I'm not you know an expert in high level math right but you know basic addition and subtraction Joe Biden will not have enough votes out there to win if, yeah, if we get 10 percent it's a big now how do you make sure in uh, because I we see Jenna Alice out there following the lawsuits we see uh, Phil Klein we see lots of the Trump campaign in many different uh, facets uh, challenging things is this going to end up in the Supreme Court Corey is that was that where you think we're headed a pre uh, election decision on what the rules for the election should be? You know, John, I would say that initially the the easy answer is yes, but I don't think it will. And I, and I go back to there are certain things that the federal government can't control right. and how a state monitors their election system is wholly owned by those states. And look, we have been very aggressive as a campaign to go and challenge every state that is just mailing ballots to every domicile. Right whether it's a Republican state or a Democrat state. But at the end of the day, there are such things as states' rights, even in a federal election. They have their opportunities and there are rules that they have to use, but we have to make sure that we have integrity. That being said, Donald Trump is going to win so big that we're not going to need to bring this to the Supreme Court. Now, my concern is in a state like Minnesota, where we've got a very aggressive Democrat governor, we've got a very aggressive attorney general in Minnesota, you know, Donald Trump could very well win on election day, but because of their rules, you could see that lead slowly disappearing, just like yeah. a la Norm Coleman did right. uh, against Al Franken in 2008, I think Eight, it was. Right, 2008. You're right, ma'am. And, and so, you know, that could happen. But this is why it's more important than ever that Amy Coney Barrett is seated. So we do have a full complement to the courts. But I think Donald Trump's going to win so big, the court's not going to have to settle this. That's interesting. That's a big prediction. And um, it wouldn't surprise us given what we're seeing. I mean, I, I thought something interesting happened in the debate. And it often takes two or three days. I and mean, that's one of the lessons I learned as a reporter now doing this for 30 years. You can't judge the instant impact of a debate once you're done. You're, you're still in the fog of war. And you have to watch a couple of days. And I'm seeing a very unusual dynamic on the far left, the people that were the Bernie and AOC supporters. Now, AOC doubled down on, we had an interview with her uh, last night, and she doubled down on Biden, which tells me she knows that her base may be moving away, that she had to come in and help him. But uh, his comments that I am the Democratic Party, I, uh, the, the New Green Deal ain't my deal, um, and uh, other comments like that, uh, I don't have Medicare for all. Bernie's, Bernie's manifesto, he disavowed yeah, Bernie's he, manifesto, he did. which was a big thing. 
do you think that uh, there may be fallout from that we see 10 days from now that the the far left, despite they're united in one thing, they want to get rid of Trump, but when they start to see their standard bearer diss their most important principles, uh, could you see a depression effort or a suppression effort where yeah. the liberals just simply well, we decide not to turn out John, for this guy? See, yeah, it's a great question. We see the intensity for President Trump in every single poll, yep. even though the polls lie and the polls are, are using uh, you know, bad methodologies to create these polls, to create the narratives that they want to suppress the Trump vote. I, I, I absolutely believe they did that in 16. I believe they're doing it again today. Uh, but this is, this is, uh, this is going to be a very interesting next couple of weeks between now and the next debate to see the fallout of those, uh, the, the, of those issues, because I'd like to see the, the moderators in the next couple of debates and president Trump push Joe Biden even further, because that that's going to be a big, big issue with our intensity gap, our advantage. We're going to see if Joe Biden, if he continues to answer these questions where the left doesn't like the answers, that just harms his base. That's only going to make them not show up for him because his intensity is already down. So we're going to keep pushing on that. No question about it. Yeah, that, that, that's right. And, and John, you know, the president talked about that in the debate. What he said he was, hey, Joe, you just lost the left. He right? did. The president's acutely aware that making Joe Biden, Joe Biden couldn't talk about police because he knows it hurts him on the left. Right. Joe Biden, Joe Biden is in a really tough spot right now, and he is right on the precipice of losing that far left base. And once that happens, this thing is over. Now, that's such an important point. Um, there's so many other, you know, we, we always look at the horse race, but there's so many other elements that go into an election, particularly a modern day election, an election where Donald Trump's on the ballot that we didn't see before 2016. And um, I think those who, who are reading this as a traditional election do so at their own peril. Um, I want to ask you, in the last 30 days, most people make up their mind. And every election seems to turn on a question, right? It's the Daisy Child question in 64 for Lyndon Johnson. It's, are you better off than you were four years ago with Mondale, Morning in America? I'm sorry, uh, Carter, uh, Carter, Reagan in 80, Morning in America in 84. In the last 30 days of this election, what is the question, the subliminal question in the back of every voter's mind that this election will turn on that makes you so confident Donald Trump's the winner? Well, I, I'll, I'll go first. Uh, I, I think that this is an, uh, a transformational election for America. This is the most consequential election of my lifetime. And I've been voting since Reagan Bush 84. Uh, I would say that this is the most consequential election of my lifetime. And it's going to be, an, it, it, this is a campaign uh, on the big issues, not petty grievances like Biden was trying to drag the president into but it's about higher taxes or lower taxes. It's about more job killing regulations or fewer regulations. It's about open borders and free health care for illegals, or it's about border security. It's about anarchy in the streets and defunding the police, or it's about um, law and order. And these, this is Ronald Reagan's bold colors, not pale pastels. And that's what this issue is about. That's what this campaign's about. It's about the big issues of the day. And that's why when people wake up to vote, however they vote, absentee ballot or early voting or on election day, they're going to have to decide. And they don't care about style. They don't give a, they don't, they don't really care about how, uh, whether or not somebody spoke over somebody or interrupted somebody when they go to vote. They're going to talk to their families about the bread and butter issues, the kitchen table issues that affect them, their children and grandchildren, and about their futures and whether they have freedom and prosperity. This is an election about freedom versus socialism. And that's where that's where this election is going to be won or lost. That's why I feel so confident that America is going to reject the socialism of this of the left and so the socialism that is represented by by Joe Biden. Corey, you agree? Oh, we might have lost Corey. Yeah. I do agree, <laughs> but is. I'm going to let David talk because I'm just going to do another radio interview while I'm doing this. So, David, you're in charge. <laughs> Don't screw this thing up, boss. Hey, another first for this podcast. It's awesome. Hey, 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 hey John, yep. that, is, that is perfect because uh, you, you got the better end of the deal. So, so look, <laughs> I, I, he can't so defend himself say, anymore. No, nah, hey, he can't defend himself if he's here. So, so here's the deal. <laughs> We're going to win because the path to 270, John, is – is crystal clear. Right. The path to 270 is uh, winning all of the states, the normal states that Republicans win, uh, you know, the Texas's and Oklahoma's of the world, right? right? But it's also going to be 
Florida and Georgia and North Carolina and Arizona. We're going to win those four. We won those four in 16. We're going to win them again in 2020. And when we do that, we're just under the 270 number. Once we win all the Republican states plus those four, right. those four are the spine of our election. We win those four. We only have to win one, John, right. of Pennsylvania or Michigan or Wisconsin or Minnesota. Right. Only one of the four. We don't. Last time we won three of the four, and we just barely lost Minnesota. Right. I feel very confident that we're going to win win uh, those in those states. The other thing is is a, a secondary uh, uh, backup is that Nevada. And New Hampshire, both of which we just barely lost in right. 2016. Okay, we lost New Hampshire by 2,700 votes. We lost uh, Air, uh, Nevada by about 27,000 votes. Both of which we are in a dogfight now. But both of which have uh, things happening within the states right. that make us that are not reflected in the polling. That's right. But are very positive for the president. And so, we, and, and like New Hampshire, does not have same day voter registration anymore. And so in 2016, plenty of people flowed in from Massachusetts into New Hampshire and voted on the same day. And here, we're, they're not going to be able to do that. Here, college campuses are not on campus. Dartmouth, which accounts for 10,000 students and faculty. I don't know what the in-state, out-of-state, but there's an enormous number, much more than the margin of victory for Hillary Clinton was, that are going to be from out-of-state students that aren't there. Same thing in Nevada. And the unions in Nevada have taken a beating. Uh, they have lost members leaving the state because of COVID. Right. They've, lost, they've left Las Vegas to go elsewhere to find work. And that, that adversely affects Joe Biden and helps us. So there's a, and that's not reflected uh, in, in the polling data. So we're, we're in a very good place. We have a lot of paths to victory. But it's very it's going to be very, very close. Yep, I think that's right. And when you look at the House and the Senate, um, I'll, the last question we'll ask is that you, you have always been a, a, a great prognosticator on these things. What happens House and Senate? Well, I, here's the, I believe that the president wins and, and we obviously if, if he does win, we keep the Senate. Right. Um, I do believe we have the opportunity to close the gap in the House a little bit. Right. That's... I don't know that we can pull off uh, winning back the House. I don't think so. But it, definitely being able to close that margin uh, from 17, maybe down to a dozen or so. And that right. makes it easier to do it in the future. Right. Uh, so so that's a key element for us. But if we win, when President Trump wins, we will keep the White House. I would say I would submit to you that Cory Gardner is running a tremendous race, and he's a dark horse. He's our he's an incumbent. Right. He's sort of he's on the endangered list, lose. but he's, he's definitely expected to lose. And so, P, I believe he is capable of winning this thing. Yeah. Um, I think that um, uh, Tillis is going to win in North Carolina because the president's going to help him, you know, over the finish line. I think that uh, Collins will win on her own because she's she's so unique to Maine. Yeah, state. that's right. Yeah. Yeah, those so are big ones. And you're going to pick up Alabama, right? You pick up Alabama, oh, almost yeah. certainly. Well, we, yeah. we go plus one. We go plus one by morning of that of Election Day. Because, That's right. Yeah, uh, uh, Tommy Tuberville is going to be a U.S. senator. That's I don't know right. if he's going to enjoy it that much, but he's going to be a U.S. senator. <laughs> it might have been more fun to be a football coach, don't you think? <laughs> I'm guessing it is. Well, I'm Dave and Corey, we are so lucky to have you on. Congratulations on the book, folks. If you haven't gotten it, Trump, America first. The president succeeds against all odds. It's a great read. The reason it's such a great read, it's stacked full of these amazing personal anecdotes of history witnessed in the first hand by two amazing guys. Good luck with the book, Dave. We'll uh, be looking to have you back on maybe before Election Day. Hey, thanks, John, so much. I'd love to do it. All right, guys. Congrats again. We'll be back in a few seconds, folks, to wrap up this podcast. See ya. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, 
add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider. All right, folks, that wraps things up. Another edition of John Solomon Reports gone. Boom, poof, just like that. Man, does 45 minutes go by so fast when you're having a good time and having a good interview and talking about original reporting like we do at justthenews.com. I want to thank you personally for listening, for reading our site, for giving us story ideas, for pointing out when we have a typo. Um, I love our readers. They're so important. They're so honest. They're dedicated to the truth. They don't want spin. They don't want indoctrination. They don't want opinion. They want just the news. And we're trying to live up to earning your trust every day by giving you that if you go in a couple hours to justthenews.com, you'll see the story, the new Burisma story, Marie Ivanovich writing her bosses that there may have been a second bribe on Hunter Biden's watch at Burisma when he was on the board. Doesn't mean Hunter Biden did the bribe, but it does mean that Hunter Biden had a fiduciary responsibility to stop these sort of things as a board member. We don't know what he knew because no one's interviewed him, no one's gone after him, but uh, we're going to have the documents. You'll know. Check us out. We'll be back on Tuesday with another edition of John Solomon Reports at justthenews.com. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion. Hunter Biden and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.